and Talk. Hey, welcome to Grow Up and Talk. This is Alex LaHue, and I'm a pastor at Messiah Lutheran Church. You know, we believe that eternities are changed when Jesus followers grow up in their faith, and one of the best ways we can do this is by reading God's Word and talking about it. We're here to encourage one another on this journey towards spiritual maturity by interacting with the Bible, and we're doing something as a Messiah family. It's a three-year Bible reading plan, or as some people like to call it, a five minutes a day for three years Bible reading plan. And today with me, I have Pat Harrington. Pat, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, thank you, Pastor LeHue. Um Yes, I, my name is Pat Harrington. I have been a member at Messiah for not quite 10 years. I uh, started coming to Messiah uh, at the time of my retirement. Uh, my uh, uh, late wife, her parents were members at Messiah before that. And when uh, I retired, our plans were to become members there. We did. Unfortunately, she was called home to Jesus uh, about that same time. But since then, I've been uh, been a a member at Messiah and uh, take great strength and support from all the people at Messiah, and we'll be very happy when we all get get together again uh, after the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic is eased somewhat. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Pat, thanks for being on the show today. And today we are going to cover the readings from May 16th, through May 22nd, which conveniently corresponds to Deuteronomy chapter 16 through 22. So I'm going to do a quick overview of what's going on here, and then we'll jump right into uh, those questions and things that we like to consider when we're reading God's Word. So first of all, in chapter 16, God, or Moses, jumps is, is giving God's word to the people, and he's jumping into uh, laws about the Passover that uh, God wants them to observe as they're going into uh, the land that God is giving to them. And then also, he mentions a few other different festivals, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Booths, and, uh, and then he gives them uh, things to consider like laws and and how to enact justice and uh, don't worship idols that's the common theme um, he also in chapter 17 goes through uh, how to make legal decisions and how uh, there should be judges and, and people that are kind of appointed in different towns to um, you know judge different civil cases or disputes between people and if they really can't uh, determine, what to do on their own within their own town, then they can take it to a priest or a Levite. And then uh, in chapter 17, he also mentioned what to do at the time that uh, when they are ready to appoint a king, which is interesting because, you know, God reveals later on that he doesn't really want them to have a have kings because God is the one king over them, but he, of course, gives into all of their uh, complaining, and so he's just kind of given them, here's what you're going to do. This is going to happen, and so this is what you should do when that happens. And he mentions different uh, practices that aren't good in chapter 18, and a big thing in chapter 18 is he talks about a prophet 
that will arise uh, in the, the nation of Israel, a prophet that is like Moses. That kind of points to Jesus, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. There are, of course, different laws that are talked about in chapter 19 and chapter 20 and 21 and 22. A lot of different laws, and um, that's where the book of Deuteronomy kind of gets its name. Uh, Deuteronomy means second law. It's really just Moses giving his last word to the people, preparing them, reminding them of God's law before they enter the promised land. So that's an overview of what's going on. And uh, Pat, is there anything in particular that stands out to you in these chapters? Well, actually, uh, I found every bit of it extremely interesting. Uh, This gave me an opportunity to really dig deep into this. And I guess I was not aware how uh, detailed and specific these laws were. Right. Uh, so that, that's kind of an overall impression. I mean, it, it, every base is covered. How to, how to live in the community, how to live in a family, how to conduct oneself, how to conduct oneself if one is a judge, uh, how, how, what, what judges are allowed to do and not to do, what are responses to judges and officers, even what, what the kings can do and not do, how to conduct warfare and, uh, you know, relations between men and women, it's, it is so detailed, it's almost breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet it seemed, most of it, I don't think anyone today would quarrel with the the concepts that were put forth on what justice is, what justice mm-hmm. is not. Kings are required to be humble and so forth. Uh, however, punishment was extremely severe for most crimes. It, the overall impression was that the Israelites must do this to keep evil. God's children must keep evil out of their cities and towns right. and where they live. It must be perfect. It must be no evil whatsoever. And that leads to some some strange things that we might not, not understand today. Sure. For example, what to, what, what to do if you find a, a body or someone who's been married, uh, buried, I'm sorry, murdered, out in the in a rural area, hmm. uh, there's specific instructions on what to do because a murder or the shedding of blood is is not allowed, right. and so it must must be dealt with in a in a very specific manner. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the other thing that jumps out is failure to do all these things in in many cases, if not most, results in death to the perpetrator. Death by stoning, death by hanging, uh, that type of thing. So it was, right. yeah, pretty. A lot of things really, really jump jump out. Sure. Yeah. So with those uh, really specific laws, what do you think that does, or how do you think that influences the people of Israel um, in seeing these punishments play out, or seeing these? Uh, um, you know, instructions be carried out. Um, what do you think that does to um, their their thinking, their way of of, of being? Uh, how does that? How do you think that influenced them as a people and as a community? Well, I think and, and now this is just my impression. Is I thought I could not comply with all these things. Hmm. Okay, it, it's it's a burden that's 
too strong. I would know that I'm, I'm going to fail or that if I were at that time as a people, I would, I would think, I I think we're not going to be able to do this. We're going to, we're going to fail. There's going to be a lot of stonings (laughs) and a lot of, a lot of hangings. And, um, you, you know, it's a very strict moral code. Right. Um, uh, that being said, I kind of balance that with the idea that God has given us this, or given the, the Israelites through Moses to provide for them. Yeah. So that there is not chaos and disorder and vengeance and and uh, and crime and everything. It, it's like if you do this, everything's going to be okay. So, yeah. so on the one hand, it's it's a very good thing. On the other hand, it's it, it reminds me of that old pirate saying, you know, the beatings will continue until the morale improves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I go piggybacking off of, uh, is that even a word? I want to piggyback off of what you sure. said. And, uh, you know, with saying that God is providing for them. And I think he's, he's giving them a, a particular way of life, a, a way of living that will, that reflects his character um, you know, uh, especially in like chapter 17, it mentions, and this gets mentioned a couple of times, but in chapter 17, you know, it, it mentions how, um, if you're going to make an accusation against someone, you need, uh, two or three witnesses. You can't just have one person witness against another person. Yeah, and, very fair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it really reflects the character of God and that he cares about the truth and that, you know, punishment is not going to be handed out lightly. Uh, justice is not going to be enacted on uh, just the opinions and, and whims of people. Um, and he also mentions how, you know, he demands a lot of his leadership. You know, he's going to give Israel kings when they request it later on, and he's kind of foreshadowing this uh, through the words of Moses in chapter 17. But it says that the king shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law. And so I don't know if that means that the king himself needs to write it down or if he's going to hire out his his, uh, royal scribes to write it down for him. But regardless, he's supposed to carry this law, God's law, with him at all times and, and read it uh, every single day. And so it's a, it's a high demand uh, of the, the uh, main leader of, of God's people. And so God is, uh, you know, he, he's, he's demanding that even the person who is who is highest up in the hierarchy of the governance and all of that is is close is close to God's law understands it is humble about it um and uh yeah so i i think that kind of reveals god's character and that he cares about the truth he cares about integrity he cares about uh, leaders knowing and, and like left and right the God's law and knowing that like the back of their hand and just um, making that a part of their, not even a part of their life, but their entire life and their way of being. So no one is uh, exempt from it. And so I, not even the Kings, not even the King. And I think that is, um, that is a stark contrast 
to the other nations that were around them or that were going to be around them once they inhabited the promised land because the the kings and other nation they they you know maybe were doing thinking more about themselves or uh, what might be most beneficial for them and of course Israel's kings failed at this a lot um, but it just kind of reveals the standard that God is giving to them. It reminds me a lot of um, actually Jesus's words on the Sermon on the Mount when he says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And we think, well, wait a minute, I can't do that. Um, and that's the point. Uh, but Jesus walks with us and covers us with his grace. God continued to walk with the Israelites and cover them with his grace and his love, he continued to uh, stay with them the whole time, even when they failed. He continued to uh, give them his word and speak to them, um, despite uh, knowing that they were going to fall short. But Exactly. Uh, he, yeah. seems, he seems to know that our, our, our hearts and our souls, knowing that, well, for example, the kings, uh, you know, they're not to have excess amounts of gold and silver or excess horses, or they might be tempted to start a war, uh, you know, that the kings are, are supposed to be humble, uh, like, and just to their people. So I took it, like, like you said, to write all these laws down. I felt that that was somewhat of a control on a king mm-hmm. so that he wouldn't stray, that his, his right. ego and, and quest for power and blood would not run rampant. And, uh, yeah. So it, it, it's it's like God knows if if I don't give you if I don't give people these rules, they're you know they're not wise enough. They they need my care mm-hmm. to to do these things. Yeah, to and, live a godly life. Yeah, exactly. I I think that it shows how God cares about boundaries, and mm-hmm. uh, we should too. Um, you know, in chapter sixteen, he says. You know, when you celebrate the Passover and you celebrate these different feasts and, and things like that, um, and you or especially the Passover, when you eat that Passover meal, you're gonna you're gonna eat it at the place that I choose, I the Lord choose, and um, you're going to make your offerings at the place that that I the Lord will choose for you, and uh, and by the way, remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt, and uh, and I think that just shows that God is reminding them, no, you don't get to make the decisions. I make the decisions for you. And that's very Mm -hmm. contrary to a lot of uh, thinking and and philosophy in the culture surrounding Israel at that time, but also in our world today. Because Christianity is all about adhering to Jesus as Lord and saying, Jesus you tell me what to do. You decide for me how I am to live my life. Have your way uh, uh, with me, Lord. Um, send your spirit upon me and guide me by your spirit, not my own. Uh, make your will my will. And and that's essentially what we're praying when we say, thy will be done. We're asking God, mm-hmm. God, control my life. Make the decision for me. Tell me what you want me to do rather than us being people who uh, are guided by our own thinking and our own decisions. We're asking the God of all wisdom to uh, lead us in his way. Um, And I I think that's something that 
still matters today, and we, we see it throughout the entire Bible, and Deuteronomy is another example of that. Uh, yeah, I, I think by uh, th- these things really tell us that we're, it's, it's not just another person saying, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the creator of the stars and the moon and the earth and everything in the universe uh, uh, here. That carries a lot more weight, but we have to be reminded of you know, the rescue from Egypt and those mm. things to remember what God has done for us. Right. Otherwise we might, we might forget and our pride and ego will, uh, will take over. And we yeah. think we're good enough to take care of things ourselves. It's... Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, good. So, uh, looking at this, uh, part of scripture in the book of Deuteronomy, is there anything that you know, maybe concerns you or anything that was kind of confusing that you, you wonder about? Um, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, once as I was reading this, for example, there's a, there's an admonition on how to uh, deal with rebellious sons. Right. Uh, thank God that my parents, my father did not deal with rebellious sons as instructed to, I wouldn't be here right now. I would have been, he would have been entitled to, to end my life because I was rebellious. And, um, uh, but along that, it it really points out, it is concerning when you read this and realize I probably can't do this, you know, and the penalty for all these, these different Mm. things in most cases is, is death. And, uh, so, so that is concerning. It, however, does, it does, uh, uh, point towards Jesus mm-hmm. that 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 takes away our sin. So that is that can be very comforting. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Confusing. Yeah, there there was definitely some confusing things like uh, you know taking an ox to the valley near the river and breaking his neck and you know <laughs> there was you know, a lot of things in there that that, that that well gee I wonder wonder why that is that's in there. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, you know, there's, there was probably a reason for it. And if not, God doesn't really tell us the reason. He just says, yeah. this is the way I want you to do it. Yeah, and, and that's a interesting point as well. You know, a lot of times there's not, you know, we can kind of look into maybe what some scholars say, and, and that will give us some insight as well to, to some of these uh Maybe it's some of the practicality behind some of these uh, laws or instructions. And then you can even, what we've already even been talking about, you can look at the principle behind the law. Okay, what, what kind of people is this guarding uh, the, our community against? Or what kind of thing is this trying to prevent? Or what kind of uh, you know, way of life is this trying to promote? And you can kind of ask those questions to realize, okay, here's the principle behind the law. Um, but it is, you know, there's a lot of, of, of these laws and instructions that we just don't know why God is, is, is doing it this way. And I think mm-hmm. that would require a lot of obedience. Well, it does require a lot of obedience on the part of the Israelites. I think... It, it God demands a lot of obedience and trust on uh, from us, 
by the power of the Holy Spirit even today, because sometimes there are things in our lives where we don't understand why God is doing it this way. We don't understand why he's taking us down this path or part uh, of our journey um, or why these circumstances are happening. And uh, yet he, he, he tells us, you know, take heart, I have overcome the world, or, you know, trust, believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus says, and uh, to trust him every step of the way. Um, yeah, so that is an interesting point that a lot of the confusing things don't actually get answered, and there are a lot of things even mm-hmm. today that we're not going to get answered, but will make more sense, I think, I believe, when Jesus returns. And we're hanging out with him forever. I'm, I'm sure he, he'll, I hope he'll, he'll help answer a lot of the questions, but maybe we won't have the questions anymore. Uh, but that's, I think that's right. Yeah. But I think God is a God who wants to, I mean, he's, cl- he's clear to us in his word that he wants to be known and he's making his character known here. Um, but yeah, there are some confusing things, especially, you know, what gives me a little bit of pause is in chapter 20, verse 16. It says, you know, um, when you go and take over these cities that are in the land, that are, you know, kind of in in the main part of the land, don't leave anything alive that breathes. So in other Correct. words, show no mercy. Um, and that gives me a little bit of pause, but I also take a step back and remember, well, this is God's justice, He's enacting it uh, through his people. He is God. He can do as he wants. Um, And, uh, you know, we can try to find all kinds of explanations, but in the end, we just let God be God. And Mm -hmm. uh, we point to the things that are clearer to us, like God's love being made known to us, his desire for us to turn from our ways to him, yeah, and that's made known very clearly uh, through Jesus. But I see that a lot here in Deuteronomy as well. I mean, think about how Moses is telling them all of these things, not so that they'll, they'll think, oh, God is really harsh and he doesn't like us and um, he, he wants us to follow all these rules and he doesn't really love us, but it's more follow these things, you know, turn from your wickedness and, and, and follow follow me and follow my way. And the nations of that land would have seen Israel. They didn't take over the whole land all at once, but they would have seen Israel. And uh, even Rahab the spy uh, was not a part of the nation of Israel, and yet she was included in God's family, in the line of Jesus, in fact, uh, because she repented. She turned Mm -hmm. and and lived and... uh, God's people living out their way of life, uh, God's spirit uh, came to her through his His people and the events that happened. So I think there's some things that still point to, you know, kind of that, um, the love that God has for his people and, and people of the world, uh, even in Deuteronomy. But uh, yeah, some of those things are the, the no mercy thing, uh, maybe the the part about marrying uh, a captive woman, and how you have to she has to shave her head and put on new different clothes and all that. Um, 
I guess it indicates that she's no longer a part of that nation, but a part of Israel. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and that God is very clear in that he wants the nation of Israel to be a certain way, to act a, a certain way. And it not only is helpful for them, but it also witnesses to the other people around them. Yeah, I, and that passage about uh, the captive women, uh, I had to read it several times, but I thought, well, he, he's really instructing the Israelites to have some mercy with the people they conquer, rather than just, you know, plunder everything and everybody, give that person a time, some time to mourn, right, and, and so forth, before, before you bring them into your household. Uh, I guess I'm assuming, too, the, the idea of bringing these women in as wives may point to the fact that women were really couldn't live on their own. They, right. they kind of had to be a part of a family or be married in order right. to have a life, possibly. But it looked like, yes, there was some mercies instructing the Israelites to be show some kindness to the, to the people that they've uh, conquered. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there are definitely those examples, and then even in chapter 22, uh, there's a whole thing about, uh, you know, laws concerning sexual immorality, uh, mm-hmm. but kind of toward the end, uh, if a man meets a virgin who is not betrothed and seizes her and lies with her and they are found, then the man who lay with her shall give to the father of the young woman 50 shekels of silver and sh- and he and she shall be his wife. Because he has violated her, he may not divorce her all his days. Now, you know, you kind of mentioned, you kind of mentioned um, mention that, you know, in, in that society, and this is true, this is just history and, and how it was back then uh, in all, you know, areas uh, of this part of the world, is that women just typically did not do well on their own. Uh, they they weren't able to necessarily provide for themselves. Uh, they if they were attached to a family, uh, whether their parents or a husband or something like that, it, they were able to be provided for. And that's why there's all this emphasis on caring for the widows, uh, even caring for mm-hmm. the fatherless, uh, because mm-hmm. those people just did not have the means to live well. And, and so um, you see that all over in, in God's commands, you know, care for these people who are on the margins. And even though, you know, clearly this is a terrible thing, this guy has sinned in uh, raping this, this woman, there is kind of a restorative nature, you know, and it almost feels weird even saying that, but basically he's commanded to now, you did this, now you need to take care of this person and and yes. love her as a wife and care for her uh, in a precious way, um, not just a, a way that, you know, you just kind of wanted to defile this lady and then move on with your life. No, it's not mm-hmm. like that anymore. This is your command. And if he disobeys this command, he's going to be killed. Yeah. Um, and so and he's, and he's, he's ruined that woman without being forced to marry her, I think she is in deep trouble because she has been defiled that right. no one else will marry her. So he right. kind of says, no, it's up to you. You did this. Now you've got to clean right. up this wreckage that you've created. Yeah. And so it kind of, 
it, it, I guess I see it as, you know, God is forcing this person into a life of repentance and he's, mm-hmm. he, he's using these, these laws as, as weird as they may seem to us in our day and age, he's using these laws to turn people toward him and his way of doing things. He takes the sin and makes his good come out of it. He takes bad stuff and bad circumstances and provides in the midst of them. And so that's kind of what gives me hope in looking at these these verses and some of these interesting and, and weird and strange laws is God in the midst of all of that, and in the midst of people doing really awful things, God still provides for uh, the marginalized, those who have been offended or hurt, and he still provides for them. And he even, um, he, he cares about bringing justice to those who are the perpetrators. Uh, he cares about justice, he cares about truth, and he wants his people to reflect that. Um but yet he even prepares, especially in chapter 22, it's almost like God is preparing for a lot of different violations of his law to happen. So he's giving them other instructions. Here's what you you should do when you violate the thing I already told you not to do. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, think, I think that says a lot as far as, you know, he's being very specific. He's not just leaving everyone up, you know, to into a chaotic world, but he, he, he's placing his hand actively in the life of his creation. Oh, no, he is. And, and there's not room for someone to say, well, I followed God's law. God's law allowed me to do something, you know, uh, dishonest or, or really horrible, physical violence or whatever. There's a price to be paid for not following. Yeah. So, it, 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 I mean, if you really look at the, the laws that are being given to them, they make sense. Like a, a false witness yeah. is going to be punished. So if, if you lie to try and uh, convict someone else of something falsely, you're going to be punished in, in turn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how, you know a, a woman, a virgin who's is uh, demonstrably, uh, you know, she's a virgin, but she's just uh, raped by some random guy. There's, there's justice for her. And, right. and, uh, so it's, it, the behavior that God wants is, I think we could all agree with, is good, good behavior. I mean, yeah. it's, it's right and just and desirable. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good point, is that I think that's a place of commonality for uh, a lot of people who might look at the Scriptures, whether they uh, claim to follow Christ or not, uh, could agree that many of these laws are, are right they promote good behavior. They promote good community um, and love between people. So um, mm-hmm. I think that I see that a lot uh, in in Deuteronomy. Um, anything else that gives you hope in this section of Scripture? Well, yeah, yeah. Again, I think the 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 justness of God's law. If we can get past some of the really tough consequences. Mm-hmm. These are things I would, I would desire. That's very hopeful. If I'm honest, you know, or say I'm falsely accused of someone right. of, of a crime, 
it gives me hope that you know that God's laws uh, take care of that. You know, mm-hmm. the, the false the, the false witness uh, can be can be punished. You know, it's to protect me uh, from from injustice. So so the, the laws are just, and that's that's very hopeful. Um, uh, thanks to Dennis Parker and his uh, discussions that he sends out by email, you know, he's, he uh, uh, listed several New Testament uh, passages that that show that these these things point towards Jesus. For example, there, there's specific instructions on the sacrifice of animals, and and uh, yet in the New Testament, we especially in Hebrews, we you know we learn that. That, uh, but we can, you know, we can never please God with all these sacrifices. If so, we wouldn't have to do them over and over and over. Right. But God, God, you know, Jesus came to take care of that for us. So there, there is a lot of hope in the in the knowing that that uh, that Jesus came and took took care of of most of these things, and that when we do err and make mistakes, that we still have hope if, if that we can repent. And and God's grace is is large enough to cover any sin that we can we can possibly commit. Yeah. Not that we're given license to do that, but to, right. that we have hope. That we're never in a hopeless situation. Yeah. With God. Amen. And uh, I especially like chapter eighteen that that mentions a prophet like Moses will be raised up. That definitely yes. points to Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, it fulfilled uh, partially in. You know, people like Joshua and different prophets that uh, come through, like Elijah. In the end, uh, the prophecy finds its its ultimate yes and fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And it also says uh, in chapter 21, at the end of that, if a man is, is hanged on a tree, he is yes. cursed, which reminds you, which points a lot to Jesus, um, and I, I think there's some passages that talk about, you know, he was cursed. Um, he, he became a curse for us or on the part of us. And so, or he became sin who knew no sin, uh, that we might become the righteousness of God. And so these are the things that, that point to Jesus taking the, the full wrath and punishment of God for us for all of Israel, for all of the world on the cross. And that's what he offers to people. He he said, yep, this is my law, this is my standard. It, I demand perfection from you. It's clear to us. When we, when we see that law, we realize, oh, wow, yeah, I'm not even close. I could never do that, yeah. just like you said at the beginning. And that's why it's important for us to receive God's law, to know what it means, uh, to know what it's demanding of us, because that reminds us how we've fallen short and how we need a Savior. And in that need, God provides everything that we need. Um, so, you know, he, 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 he still provided for the Israelites. He still provided his word to them through Moses, and he continues to provide his word today to us through Jesus um, so God has, he's been up to this for a long time. Uh, this whole sustaining us, giving us his law, forgiving us, it's uh, been going on since the beginning of time. He's, he's been up to that plan uh, for a while now. And uh, we look forward to when he completes that final redemption. So 
Um, yeah, let's take a quick break and we will be right okay. back. All right. Hey, welcome back to Grow Up and Talk after our short break. Pat, I want to ask you, did, did you dig deeper into any part of this? Because I did. Yes, I did. Okay, yes. what did you dig deeper into? Well, uh, several things. One being what the word Deuteronomy actually means. And I found that there's several several meanings, uh, but I, I think you have uh, explanation that's, that's probably pretty insightful. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Deuteronomy means second law, so that's like the Greek. Uh, that's the Greek translation of the title uh, of uh, the book, uh, the original title in Hebrew, which is what the Old Testament is written in. Uh, if you look at chapter one of Deuteronomy, the very first words of Deuteronomy is are. These are the words. So these are the words. Uh, whatever. Okay. So you translate that phrase, these are the words from English into Hebrew, and that's what the title of Deuteronomy is. In Hebrew, it literally, the title of the book is These Are the Words. Um, I see. And uh, I believe even for Genesis in Hebrew, uh, the title for that book is In the Beginning. Um, but Genesis is the word Genesis is, uh, I, I believe the Greek translation, uh, because the old Testament was written in Hebrew and some parts Aramaic, which is like a derivative of Hebrew. And then, um, the new Testament was originally written in Greek, but then there was also later on a Greek translation of the the Old Testament called the Septuagint. Um, okay. And so that's where we get some of our uh, English titles for uh, the books of the Bible. Is some are taken from the Hebrew name of the book, and others are taken from the the uh, Greek translation for the name of the book. So that was a really long explanation to where the title of Deuteronomy came from. <laughs> um, well, I, I also found, and this was helpful, that, that the book of Deuteronomy is consists of three sermons okay. that Moses was giving the people in Moab before they actually entered the Promised Land. And Moses, at the time, was 120 years old, and he knew that he would die right. before he would go with them. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, of course, he appointed Joshua to replace him but he he wanted to give these, you know, he was commanded to give these rules to the people because he knew he would not be there before. And and along with that, that the, the, the Israelites had broken God's promise, his covenant, and God was willing to renew that by giving him, giving them these these rules. And uh, uh, God keeps his promises. So yeah. I, that's something I learned. If you just pick up it opened the book and read it. it. It it's interesting, but it doesn't have a tremendous amount of meaning. But 
after after finding out some of these other things, I go, okay, well, this this makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and that uh, a good uh, point to kind of emphasize is, you know, the Bible wasn't meant to really be read alone. Um, mm-hmm. These things were written down to be community books, books and uh, scriptures that were read to the community. In fact, the Gospels in the New Testament and even the letter of, of Paul were originally, you know, they they uh, a, a little church and wherever would would receive the letter or the gospel written down, and one person would read it out loud to the people. And they would all, that would be like their Sunday morning gathering or I guess, I don't know at when at whatever point people started worshiping on Sunday, but they did that because Jesus rose from the dead on a Sunday. And so that's Mm -hmm. how we went from Saturday to Sunday. And uh, they would just read the scriptures out loud. And I mean, this is what people did before we had the writings of the New Testament. This is what Jesus was doing in the temple when he was 12, and Joseph and Mary didn't realize that he was back in the temple when they were on the road, and um, he was in the temple reading the scriptures, and everyone else would listen. And so one person would read, everyone else would listen to that. And Mm -hmm. then later on, you got people like the apostles who, you know, start speaking God's word or, or what we like to call the spoken word uh, sometimes and kind of explicating on, you know, here's what that means, you know, and, and some of those sermons are recorded. And this is just Deuteronomy is, is a really old sermon that is recorded. Um, so the spoken word of God became the written word. And, uh, and now we have it uh, today. So yeah, it's, it is important that, uh, you know, sometimes we, I think we emphasize like, oh, you need to have your quiet time with God or, you know, your devotional time, which I think is important. We need to be in the word and that's what this is all about. But, but this podcast is about, you know, doing this together and, Mm -hmm. you know, it, you don't have to do it alone. And so if you're somebody who maybe struggles with, you know, reading the Bible alone, maybe find somebody or ask uh, someone, Hey, would you read the Bible with me? Or uh, mm-hmm. maybe go into someone, you know, uh, who who does a little bit of research and have them do the research for you because uh, they're already doing the research. And it's OK. Um, you know, it's good for us to just to, to study in the Bible together, to learn from one another and talk about it. So uh, thanks for uh, demonstrating the benefit of that. Um, the one thing that I dug into a little bit was chapter 19, verse 21, which talks about, um, Your eyes shall not pity, it shall be life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Which made me pause and say, well, wait a minute, didn't Jesus say, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, love your enemies. Do not resist the one who is evil. And uh, what I found was one source, and I and I, I agree with this. I think this checks out. Um, I didn't look very very deeply into it, um, but just did a quick uh, look into things, and it it was saying that this was a principle of uh, of justice being carried out. So if some a case is brought before uh, the judge that has been appointed in that, that town and acting over 
who is acting over whatever situation or case or, or circumstance, uh, they, the punishment should fit the crime. Mm-hmm. The punishment should fit the crime, and that's the principle that's being uh, communicated through this phrase. Now, in Jesus' day, they were uh, using this and twisting this, especially the Pharisees and the religious leaders were twisting this old phrase and saying that it's okay to uh, carry out vengeance or revenge on someone who has wronged you. But that, but Jesus is now redelegating that power to the authorities, to the judicial system, and saying, this is not yours to avenge. Let God avenge. Let God take care of that. If it's not handled properly in this broken and fallen world through whatever judicial system you have, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay, because God is going to uh, carry out his justice in the last day. And so Jesus is, in other words, he's saying, love your enemies, uh, do not repay evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. Do that, because in doing so, what you're saying is, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that even right now, if I don't get the justice I'm looking for right now in this life, I trust you with the ultimate redemption, with the ultimate end uh, to carry that out. Um because people who seek vengeance or revenge on others or try to hit back because some or like hurt other people because they've been hurt, that's us trying to uh, carry out work that is not meant for us, work that's supposed to be God's work. Um, and we're trying to, uh, you know, create our own system of justice and be our own gods in that way. So that's kind of the background that I found in that phrase. So uh, that was interesting. Um, yes, I, I like I like that. I really do. And yeah. uh, even uh, one of our pastors at Messiah instructed us one time, not just people who have wronged us, but people, it's very easy for us to hate people who we perceive to be doing ungodly things. And yet that's not our role to hate them or exact any kind of uh, right. vengeance on them. That's God's job. Our job is to give them the other cheek to slap or give them a coat, even though they are our, maybe our enemies. Right. And that's a very powerful message is to, to extend love where formerly there might have been hate. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we trust Jesus and, and God's wrath and punishment poured out on him and that his plan of redemption is, is what's best for us, even if we, it even if to our eyes it doesn't seem like God has overcome the world, he asks us to trust him um, with, with uh, giving justice and redeeming all things. Uh, so we're kind of already squeaking into the application part of everything, and um, we always kind of jump into application, which is always a good thing uh, as we go along in our conversation. But to wrap things up, Pat, how do you see this section overall having importance to our lives today? Well, well, for me, I think this uh, Deuteronomy points to me points out to me that I'm not capable of living the the life that God wants me to. Mm. I, I I need help um, in 
the time of the Israelites, the penalty for not being able to live that life would be death. And that's, that's uh, very concerning. But, but fortunately, we have Jesus on our side who's, who can take care of that because I can't, I can't do it on my own. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, I also think that these, these rules that, that were given by God are just. Uh, as we were discussing before, uh, look at any one of these, you might not understand the, the level of punishment or whatever, but who could argue with false witnesses or, uh, you know, the idea that, you know, that, that you need a system of justice that is fair and takes care of people. And uh, even even when they've uh, erred themselves, like uh, it, it describes, a, uh, say, an accident, an accident flies off the handle and kills yeah. someone. Right. Well, that's there's a distinction between, in both cases, it's death by the hands of a human, uh, you know, murder versus uh, a, a tragedy like that. And this points out there is a difference between murder and we've said, and God sets up places of refuge for those uh, cases where uh, a person may have caused a death uh, accidentally, yeah. you know, through, you know, without ill intent. Right. Um, these are these are really good, just uh, laws for for mm-hmm. people to run their lives with, yeah, and uh, and their communities. Yeah, and for me, kind of going along that line is, uh, you know, Deuteronomy, or at least this section, uh, speaks to me uh, the truth that God's law is good. A lot of times, mm-hmm. we are under the impression that. Oh, the law is bad. Um, well, mm-hmm. I think what we're describing there is that sometimes we, or a lot of times, we feel bad when we hear God's law because we know we're not living up to it. However, God's law is a good thing, and that that convicting feeling that you're describing, Pat, or that anyone might experience when they hear God's law spoken to them or they're reading God's law that is God, the Holy Spirit, working on us to turn us to Him and realize, God, I need you. I rely on you because I can't fulfill this on my own. Exactly. Uh, but, um, it definitely reminds us that, you know, obeying God is, is not easy. Following him is not easy. Uh, it's definitely something we're able to do because of the Holy Spirit living in, in us, uh, convicting us, moving us toward God, t- constantly turning us back toward uh, Jesus. Um, but it's just a reminder to me that God's law is, is good. Um, and he, he, do, he does these things uh, because he cares about us. Um, so yeah, uh, Pat, it's been a pleasure talking with you about this, and uh, we've had some really uh, cool uh, points of conversation and, and things uh, to think about in the book of Deuteronomy. As always, we ask a very random question at the end of our podcast, and Pat, as you know, we've been in quarantine for quite some time, and um, you know, maybe, I don't know, how many days has it been, Pat? that we've been in. I, I couldn't count. It's over. It's past a couple of months. I think, uh, this kind of started mid March and 
Okay. We're past the midpoint of May, so. Okay, I've I've seen like the number fifty-four being thrown around or something like that. So we'll say fifty, around fifty. Okay. And uh, so, Pat, let's say you have to spend another fifty days in quarantine. <laughs> now, okay, you have to spend another fifty days in quarantine, total lockdown. Describe the one place that you your ideal place your ideal home that you would uh want to spend 50 more days of quarantine at in, in my home well i'm, I'm saying like just what what uh, what would be the ideal uh spot or home to uh like you know a home on a beach in the bahamas or something like that or <laughs> or like uh you know somewhere up in the mountains and the, in the Swiss Alps or something. I don't know if people yeah. live out there, but, um, what would be the ideal place to carry out 50 more days of quarantine? Wow. Uh, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm not unhappy with the place where I'm at right now. Uh, I've got a, a beautiful loving wife with me. Um, we're doing just fine, uh, assuming that we can uh, obtain provisions for the next 50 days. Uh, <laughs> we, we'd be in great shape. You know, if we can continue to obtain food and all the other necessities, uh, we're in great shape. Yeah, I, I miss uh, being able to go to the health club and use the pool. Uh, it'd be lovely to be at a beach or be up in the mountains where it's nice and cool. Um this may sound strange, but I'm I'm very content in the home that we that God has allowed us to make for ourselves here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to uh, visiting some <laughs> wonderful places down the road. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we all know, Pat, that you want to you know make Lori happy, and and I'm sure that you're going to. Sh- show her this podcast and that's why you said what you said today <laughs> no uh that's awesome uh that's great uh, and that might that that's good for you pat way to go uh but you know what i i'd like to uh be somewhere like i don't know up in the mountains uh, uh i know you you kind of said that uh let's see oh this is an interesting place. I've always wanted to go to like Scotland and Ireland. So I'd love to be in like the hills of, of Scotland or Ireland or something like that, where there's all the, and like, and like some random cottage on the hillside. And then maybe I could ride my quarantine, quarantine, of course. (laughs) Well, you can go outside while you're being quarantined. And so I'm going to take my mountain bike and I'm going to ride really fast down, um, the hill of the Scottish Highlands. Wow. Yeah, for 50 that, days. That, <laughs> for 50 days. That's a very, uh, yeah, actually, before this started, we were talking about a trip to Ireland, and uh, so I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, but uh, that, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. It's terrific. So that and means I'm, that you and Lori are going to have a cottage, yeah, I don't know, 20 feet away from... I like it. My family's cottage in the Scottish Highland. All right. There we I go. I love it. There we yes. go. All right. Hey, uh, if you have questions or things that you want us to talk about on the podcast, email your questions and comments to growupandtalkpodcast at gmail.com. 
this has been a great episode. Pat, thanks for uh, being on the show and talking about Deuteronomy. Well, you're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Well, we will see you next time. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Peace.